Awesome. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all the incredible things you're doing in our lives individually, Lord, and also in the life of City Church. Lord, we thank you for last night and Christmas under the stars and the hundreds of people that were here from our community, Lord, and that the message of Jesus was celebrated. And Lord, we, we as Christians, we want to celebrate that message every day. And I pray that today as we look at your word, Lord God, as we look at the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you'd enthuse us again, that a passion would rise up in us again, that we'd be reminded again of the good news of Jesus Christ in our lives and all that it means for us. I pray, speak to us today, encourage us and challenge us today, Lord Jesus, I pray in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. You can take a seat. Isn't it great to be in church together today? I love the committed people that come out on Sunday morning after Christmas under the stars and you're here today to celebrate uh, because we're not just Saturday night Christians, we're everyday Christians. We're the real Christians here this morning. (laughs) I love it. Well, I just wanted to celebrate last night, Christmas under the stars, what an incredible night it was. You know, to be honest with you, I had no disappointment in my heart about last night. I was just thrilled. I was overwhelmed with how incredible it was. I thought, what an incredible expression that people could come and have the opportunity to come into our church and be part and see what's happening in here and to be able to celebrate what Christmas is truly all about. And the hundreds of people that were here and just to be able to see all the events to be able to take place. And I just wanted to honour our sponsors today that literally paid for the whole event. Every single cent of the event was covered for by our business sponsorship from those people in our community. Praise God for that. How good's that? Incredible. And you know what? We're going to take it up a notch next year. So we've got some things in mind for next year, and it's going to be exciting. 2019 Christmas Under the Stars is going to be incredible. We have already started. And so we're looking forward to what's going to happen for that. So get excited. Uh, It's going to be great. But also, I just wanted to honor, more than all of that, I wanted to honor our team. And I just thought from, you know, it's hard to kind of name people because you miss out everybody. But I wanted to honor Tim and Ali, who put so much work and so much effort into this whole event. Absolutely incredible. And uh, if you don't know, Tim and Ali are in the middle of a renovation at their house at home and they've been working hard with Christmas and, and, and new roles and all those kind of things at church as well as Christmas Under the Stars. There's been a lot going on in their world and they've just done it with such grace. And I just loved, I loved the fact that people didn't drop their head yesterday when the rain kind of came down. People went, you know what, we're going to rise to the occasion. We're not disappointed right now. We're excited about celebrating the message of Jesus Christ and we're going to party on our terms. And before the beginning of the earth, God knew that we were going to be doing Christmas Under the Stars in here. And so I love that the team just gathered together and they just made it happen. They just gathered together and they brought people in and what an incredible night it was celebrating. And, and all of the team, every single person that worked hard, Tim Rugendike, Tim Rijabike, we like to call him, uh, worked so hard. We saw Clive and Kathy do a lot of work towards it. We saw our host team, Simon and Rennell, Brendan Jones in the cafe, all of the different people that did different elements of the night to make it happen. You know what? Talking to people from the community, I stood outside afterwards and people from the community, one after the other, after the other, who I'd never seen in my life, walked up to me and said, thank you 
for doing this for our community. They come up, shook my hand. Thank you so much for doing this for our community. Thank you so much. This was incredible tonight. I cannot believe that you guys would do this for us and for our community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It just happened one after the other, after the other, after the other. I got the accolades on on your behalf. And I just thought, how incredible is this? We're celebrating Jesus and it gathers our community. And so I'm excited for the, fu- for the future. Christmas Under the Stars 2019 is going to go up another level again. And so I'm excited about that. Well, this morning I wanted to start a series and I wanted to talk about Christmas over these next couple of weeks leading up to our Christmas Eve service. And so I'm sharing a message this morning and then a different message tonight as we have a Christmas party and celebration at our Lawson service tonight. And I encourage you to come out and join us there. But I want to start this series today. And I've entitled the message today, I've Got Good News. I've Got Good News. I'm endeavoring to be a good news person. I'm endeavoring to be somebody that when I walk into the room, I'm going to bring some positivity to the room, some faith to the room, a sense of good news, a sense of excitement, a sense of joy in my heart into the room. I don't want to be the most negative person in the room. When you look through the Gospels and you see the work of Jesus Christ, he was never the most negative person in the room. He would always enter a room and he would bring change and transformation. When people were in despair, when people were in the most difficult parts of their life, Jesus would enter that space and Jesus would bring a different spirit. There was something about Jesus that brought joy to others. Why would so many people follow Jesus around with exhaustion and without food? Why would crowds of people follow Jesus if he was the most negative person in the world? (laughs) Who wants to be around the most negative person? I met, I, I shouldn't say this, but I met some of the most negative people last night. I was out the front, and we were probably third song in. I reckon they were the most religious people I have ever seen in my life. Probably were around when Noah was a baby. And they're, they're probably their faith had been around since that long, and they walked out, and it was about third song in, and they're going, <sighs> they're shaking their head. And I just happened to be at the front door, and so they approached me. And here I was, and, and, uh, and they said, oh, it's not very traditional. I'm not happy with the fact that it's not traditional music in there. And I, I just, I'm just, I don't understand the, the message that's being communicated today. And I thought to myself, the first song was joy to the world. The Savior has come. Let earth receive her king. Flesh Ben wanted to open the door and say, here's the door because we need your seat. See you later. But Pastor Ben almost pretended like I didn't understand what they were saying with a smile on my face. God bless you. Thanks for being here tonight. See you later. We'll see you in 2019. (laughs) But how can you have that kind of spirit? Somebody that's meant to be a Christian. Somebody that has the joy of the Lord in them. I love, the, I love the scripture says, one generation will praise your works to the next. Sometimes the praise sounds different for the next generation coming through, but I never want to be the most cynical person. I never want to be an old grumpy person. I never want to be somebody that never allows the next generation to come through and to celebrate them and to celebrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am a good news person. I'm not a cynical person. I'm not a negative person. I'm celebrating 
the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And I want my life to express that. I want to be that kind of person that brings the good news message to my world. I love in Luke chapter 2, it tells the story of Jesus coming down to earth. And it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, which is our key text over these next few weeks, it says, At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Verse 3 says, All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Verse 8 says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared amongst them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, Jesus, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. These are all exclamation mark moments. Verse 12, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. What an incredible passage of scripture. You know, I love in this passage that the reaction of the people when they saw the angel was actually fear. They were terrified. But the first thing that heaven said about Jesus entering the earth was don't fear. I bring you good news. The tone changed. The atmosphere of that moment changed. And I imagine that in our world today, there's many people terrified. They don't have an understanding of God. They're terrified by anxiety and fear and the cares of this world. They're terrified perhaps by the idea of God that he would be disappointed in them. That perhaps that they feel that God would be angry with them. That if God entered their world, he would just be ashamed of them. That he would just shun them because they weren't good enough. But I love that heaven made a statement right from the get-go. And heaven came down and this angel said straight from the get-go, I bring you good news. This is a moment to celebrate. This is a moment for us to have great joy. This is a moment that is inclusive for all people. This is a moment where we can celebrate together. The Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, has been born. And it changes everything. That's the kind of news that we carry. The gospel of Jesus Christ, it's called the good news. When we walk out into our world, wherever we go, we are good news messengers. We are called to carry this message. I wonder what message we are conveying to the world. Is it a message of fear? I hope that we don't have such a a judgmental spirit, such a critical spirit that we go out into the world and we make people feel terrified. But I hope we make them feel loved. 
I hope that we make them feel an understanding of what Jesus is about, that he's about love, that he's about his grace, that he's about this inclusive nature that every one of us can experience relationship with him. That is the good news of the gospel. How does Christmas make you feel? Many of us can feel stressed. We can feel anxious about all the things we need to do. We can think about all the presents we need to get sorted out. We can think about we've got this side of the family's Christmas here. We've got this side of the family's Christmas here. We've got these events going on. We've got these parties happening. We're winding down for the end of the year. and I'm so busy. I've got so much stuff on. It feels like a stressful time. Perhaps you've got awkward family relations where you're dreading going to see that person and that person and it can feel like such a difficult kind of moment and it can feel like it's awkward and it's hard and all of those things. But I hope more than any of those things that Christmas makes you feel loved. Not just anxious, fearful, afraid. Because Christmas is a reminder that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This Christmas, let's be reminded that out of all the feelings that we should have, most of all, we should feel loved. Being reminded that the Savior Jesus came on a mission for you and I for our world, for everybody that's around and about us that they could experience. And he's not one of those gifts that you open up on Christmas Day and you're kind of like, thank you. (laughs) But you really don't like it and it's really not as good as you thought it would be. He's the kind of gift that's way better than we could have ever imagined. He's the kind of gift that changes everything in our world, that we can go on this adventure of serving Jesus Christ. It's the greatest gift of all mankind. And that's why we celebrate so strongly. And that's why we party at Christmas time, because it's all about Him and all about what He has done in our lives. So I want to talk to you today about three things good news has. And the first one's this. Number one, good news has a posture. I love in this scripture, if you go back to it, it says in Luke chapter 2, they were terrified, but the angel reassured them. I wonder what that looked like. There must have been a a body language to that. There must have been a posture to that. When we're kind of reassuring someone, we lean into them. We make them feel comfortable. We make them feel like it's going to be okay. There's a body language that goes to it. There's something that happens. There's a posture that we have. It kind of makes me think about our own lives. Do we have a posture of good news? Is the internal part of our lives kind of leaning towards people with not judgment, but with a sense of God's grace and God's love? Have we got the ability to kind of see people by the same way that God sees people? With his love and his mercy and his grace kind of spread out for every one of us. See, Jesus showed us the greatest posture of love when he died for us on the cross. His body language was, I love you this much. That I would die for every one of you so that your sins could be forgiven. He showed us his body language. He showed us a position of love that changed everything. And I want to be somebody that carries that kind of body language towards my world. That I'm not kind of criticizing, looking back, negative. Oh, yes, you are a sinner. You dirty, dirty sinner. Because <laughs> I'm a traditional Christian, you know. I want to be someone that says, you know what? You're dirty. You're a mess. Your life is just crazy. But I love you. 
And I want to see you experience the grace of Jesus Christ like I have. You know what it says in Scripture? It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Not a whole bunch of people's judgments. Not a whole bunch of people's criticisms. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. His grace and what He's done in our life that changes everything. How's our body language? How's our posture? You know, when you think about any sports person and you can see different sports people from throughout the world, they have this kind of body language. They have this posture. You know, cricket, cricketers, they walk in as the, as the bowler is bowling a ball. They walk in with an expectation that they're ready for a catch. Somebody that's playing football, they're running onto the ball ready to catch it. A soccer player is running ahead to get in a position for someone to kick the ball to them. There's a body language of expectation that kind of happens. And I wonder what our body language is like when we come into church. I wonder what our body language is like when we come to work on a Monday morning, whether there's an expectation that today could be a, a life-changing conversation. Today in church, something powerful could happen. God could speak to me. Somebody could receive salvation. Someone could cross over from darkness to light. Something powerful could happen in this place. I hope we have that kind of expectation in our hearts. Over this last week, I saw this clip of this college football team called the Hokies. And I watched as I looked through this clip, and I'm going to play it for you in a moment, of this football team. It's just a college football game. And when you see it, you'll be absolutely shocked by the enthusiasm of the people as these people gather to be able to walk into the stadium. When you have a look to the screens, it goes for a couple of minutes, but I think it kind of illustrates this point of the importance of body language and expectation. Have a look to the screen. Here, team is right on time, a little ahead of schedule. All right. Let's get that light up lane and then go right into tunnel walk, Johnny Cash. All right. Uh, Stand by CG, dissolve CG. And stand by tunnel walk video. And roll tunnel walk. Loud and rowdy Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia, here in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And you say welcome to Saturday Night Football. Words really can't describe the atmosphere inside Lane Stadium. It is lit, Kurt. This place about to come unhinged. Hokies dress in their facility across the practice field. They make the walk into this claustrophobic tunnel. They'll go down a slope. They'll make a left turn about 45 degrees. When they get in that tunnel, they'll see on their right the names of every Hokie senior, the last 27 teams. And eventually at the end, they will reach up and they will touch the Hokie stone. The words for those who have passed and for those to come. We are urged to reach for excellence. Of those 19, 20-year-olds. Even the tech veterans have done this dozens of times. They tell us they still get goosebumps. Or 30 seconds till Sandman. 30 seconds till Sandman. And at the bottom of the tunnel, the song the Metallica recorded long before these players were born. Enter Sandman. And has played the Hokies on each home game since 2000. And on nights like this, the earth will shake, literally. All right, everybody, stand by. For take three. Stadium yell. Three, two, ready. Four. Go stadium yell. And take four. Three. Stand by, Sandman. Buckle up. You're about to hear Enter Sandman. The first, the message from Metallica. Pokey Nation, start jumping. Right. And roll Enter Sandman. 
<laughs> Where's the negative person in that crowd? <laughs> I don't see one critical, quiet person sitting there saying, I'm not going to get into it, I'm not going to get into it. Every person was on their feet, jumping, getting into it, excited, enthusiastic, with an expectation that was a home game, that their team was going to win. Imagine if the, the creative team got up here on a Sunday and as they ended up onto the platform, there was so much enthusiasm from people in the congregation. There was so much passion. There was so much uh, joy for what was going to happen in that moment, in that worship, in that experience where we were so excited about Jesus Christ that Tim had to come up on stage and say, could everyone please calm down a little bit? <laughs> Because we're that excited. But it kind of look, I look at that and I think that's what the world can produce. We have a message that's so much greater than that. So much greater than a football game. We have the good news of Jesus Christ that we kind of bring into this place. We bring wherever we go, we bring that enthusiasm. We don't come into church going, oh, I'm just tired from a big night, Christmas under the stars. We've got two services today. Mount Riv and Lawson, how are we going to survive? Like, we've got that kind of joy in our hearts. That's going, you know what? We've got the good news message. We are excited. I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm looking forward to this morning. I didn't wake up dreading it. Christmas is a celebration. And that's the kind of joy we want to have in our hearts. Yes, we can be an introvert. Yes, we can be an extrovert. But I look at that and I think there was introverts there. There was extroverts there. But there was a whole bunch of passion there. And so you do passion in your way, but do passion. And be enthusiastic and be who God's called you to be. And another thing I love that in this church, that across all generations, we have such a great environment for everybody supporting each other. With the younger supporting the older and the older supporting the younger. I just loved, just, just through this week, we had uh, the opportunity to have lunch with some of the prime timers, the seniors in our church for their Christmas end, up, end, end of year lunch. And just the discussion and the conversation and just the lean-in between the generations, I just think that's what it's about. One generation will praise your works to the next. And I just thank God for a church that understands family, that all the generations come together. It's not about young or older or in between. It's all of us coming together and bringing what we have and leaning into what God's got. We all carry this message. It's not an age thing. It's not an elite thing. It's not a how much money I've got thing. It's a message that God has done. It's not what we have worked out. It's what God has done in us. And it changes Everything. The second thing is this good news has a tone. I love in this scripture that the angel reassured them, but then said, don't be afraid. It's an exclamation mark moment. It's a moment where he speaks out and there's a tone to it. I wonder what the tone of our lives is. Is it faith filled? Is it a sense of joy on the inside, that the joy of the Lord is our strength? Is it an understanding that I serve the Lord with gladness? Is that the kind of exclamation mark that comes out of my life? I want the tone of my life to be a gospel message. I want the tone to be God's joy on the inside of me that's coming out to all those that are around and about me. I love in Philippians 4 verse 8, it says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Your tone is set by your thoughts. Watch what your thoughts are doing. Start to take note of where your thoughts are taking you because they're taking you somewhere. Your actions, your life, your body language, 
The way that you treat others will come out of your thoughts and the tone of your life will be expressed from your dominant thoughts. What are we thinking about? Let's be reminded again of the good news message. Let's allow the word of God and the promises of God and the joy of Jesus Christ and what he's done in our life to fill us so much that it just overflows, that we can't help ourselves, that wherever we go, we're just an exclamation mark to the grace of Jesus Christ. I want to be that person that just brings joy, that has that understanding. I love Jesus in Luke 4 verse 14 goes on in verse 18 to say, he gets up and he reads this scroll at the temple and he, it says this, he reads from the Old Testament, he quotes it. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news, not bad news, to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. What were the five hallmarks of Jesus' ministry? Good news, release, sight, freedom, and favor. That's what he said. I want to be someone that emulates that in my life. That when I enter a situation, when I enter a room, that I can bring that. That I can start to bring that. You know, tone is so powerful. Parents know the power of tone. Cooper, could you please clean your room? Ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. Cooper, you're not hearing me. Could you please clean your room? Not hearing me, not hearing. Cooper! Still not hearing. Cooper! Could you please clean your room? Listen to me! (laughs) There's a power in tone. You can say the same thing, but your tone can say it a completely different way. We can come on a Sunday and lift our hands and be excited, but go out and be the most negative person in our workplaces. And we've got to be careful that the message that we carry allows our lives to be transformed enough that it gets a whole bunch deeper than just a Sunday service and it becomes a whole week thing, a whole everyday thing. That The good news message of Jesus Christ goes really deep in our hearts that it brings a transformation that wherever we are, our tone is the good news. Our tone is the grace of Jesus Christ in our life, and it makes a difference. The third and final thing this morning is this. Good news has a vocal expression. I love this. that The angel says, he reassures them with this posture. He says, don't be afraid. And he has this tone, this exclamation mark. And then it says, he said, I bring you good news. That will bring great joy to all the people. And he starts to speak out. He starts to speak to them about the plan of Jesus Christ, that it's a good news message, that there's no need to fear, and starts to talk to them. And good news has a vocal expression. What comes out of our mouth? What kind of things are we speaking at this Christmas time of year? We can be so caught up in the busyness of the shopping centers. We can be so caught up in the busyness of trying to be able to get all of the gifts together, the things we need to get to and things we need to do and winding down with work for the rest of the year that we can forget that our language can be, oh, this time of year, it's busy, it's hard, it's very difficult. Oh, it's so, I hate this time of year. And we can, we can miss the whole message. This is the time of year that we celebrate even the most. I mean, it should be an everyday thing, but if this one time of year that us as Christians should be excited, it should be right now. Because the Savior of the world has come and we get to tell the story. Let's not be the most negative person at this Christmas time. Let's bring the joy of Jesus Christ into Christmas. 
Let's bring it into our workplace and into our family and wherever we would be. I love Billy Graham. He said this, We are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. And we are the sermons the world is heeding. So many great movements and great moments in our world's history came about by someone having the courage to stand up and to speak. We think about Winston Churchill when he got, when he got up and said, we will fight them on the beaches. That changed the course of history. When we think about Martin Luther King who stood up and said, I have a dream. It's something we can all quote and we remember. We think about Rosa Parks when she started the civil rights movement and she got up and said, not today. And I just think about these powerful words that started. But then I look at the gospel of Jesus Christ and I look about when Jesus said that it's about loving God and loving people. When he said, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. That is a moment in time that reminds the church of what we are about. When Jesus stood and said, go out into all the world and make disciples. When he spoke those words, they were powerful words. They were moments that changed the course of history. Isaiah 52 verse 7 says this, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. That's what I want to be. I want to bring the good news of Jesus Christ as the team come. I remember when I was in kindergarten, and up to about year three, I went to a Christian school. We had what was called the paddle. So you could get smacked at school. As you can imagine, I would never visit the principal's office to receive that. But I remember in kindergarten, I had a friend that um, was doing something and ended up, I think he was having like a, a sword fight with a piece of paper. And the teacher sent him to go to the principal's office to go and see the principal with a note to basically get the paddle. And so he took this note, starts to walk over towards where the principal is. And this was a time my mum was still alive and she was in the canteen area and she looked out through the window and could see my friend Curtis. She watched him walk over to this window and could see in this classroom was the principal he was teaching a class walked over to the window and could see that the principal was quite angry at the class quite animated and was yelling at the class and so the Curtis kind of sticks his up head over the window and looks in and can see this angry principal he's thinking not today <laughs> and so she watches him he, he crouches back down and sits underneath the window and she could see he's just in despair and then he she just notices that there's this like light bulb moment that he has and he looks up and then he starts to walk over to the bin with this note in his hand. <laughs> he opens up the bin, digs right down in the bin, right to the bottom and places the note right at the bottom of the bin. Pushes it all back over and places the bin back on. Then she watches him walk over to the bubbler he goes to the bubbler and puts all this water all over his face. This is an elaborate plan. And then walks back into the classroom and says, Miss, I'm so, so sorry. I've been and seen the principal. And she sees this water on his face and sees how his eyes are red and thinks, Oh, gee, 
poor kid, he's been crying and he just goes back and sits back into his classroom seat and it was all over. (laughs) And I was reflecting on this story, thinking about us as Christians. How often do we carry this message and we look out into our world and it seems angry and it seems scary and then we find ourselves just going over and we just bury it. No, it's too hard. It's too uncomfortable. Imagine what people would say. And we just bury it in the bin. We just bury the message down. And then we just walk back and just take our positions back in church. I think what a challenge for every one of us if we truly understood that we weren't taking a a bad message to the principal that was going to get us in trouble. But we were taking the greatest message of all time to our world, that we were carrying it out. And we were saying, you know what? We are proud of this message. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the hope of salvation unto our world. That we would take this message with such joy and such enthusiasm that we wouldn't be afraid, that we wouldn't be scared, that we would know that God has called every one of us to take this good news message out into our world. And the difference we could make in our community and the difference we could make throughout the Blue Mountains and beyond is we just have the courage to say, you know what, I'm a good news person. I know the world wants to beat me down and make my life bad news. We can turn on the TV every night and see the bad news. But I hope when we walk into work every Monday morning or wherever we go, that it's like turning on the good news. Someone's walked into the room that they're going to be positive. They're going to be chirpy. They're going to be excited. They're going to bring passion and enthusiasm because we have the greatest message of all, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I could get excited about it. It's life-changing. His kindness leads us to repentance. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Let's have a posture of good news. Let's have a tone of good news. And let's have a vocal expression of the good news of Jesus Christ. Come on, would you stand with me this morning? Lord, I thank you today that we have the greatest message on earth. The good news of Jesus Christ, that you're not angry with us, you're not frustrated with us, you're not disappointed with us, but God, you love us so much. And it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And I pray that we would have a new revelation today of the grace of Jesus Christ that we have received. I pray as we live out and walk out our days in this Christmas season, that we would be good news people, Lord that we'd bring the message of the gospel to our world in such joy and in such enthusiasm that people would say, what is it about you? And that we could say, it's Jesus in us. Hope of glory. Lord, I pray that you would change our perspectives today, change our lives, challenge us to the core today, Lord, and encourage us to rise and be who you're calling us to be as the church of Jesus Christ. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. You know, we've talked today about how God's kindness leads us to repentance. In every service, we have a moment where we pray the sinner's prayer and we're going to pray it today. We pray it because it's important. We pray it because everything we do hinges on this. Our relationship with Jesus, we can get so caught up with activity, so get caught up with busyness that we can forget the primary thing that we are called to do is have relationship 
with Jesus. Thank God for your activity. Thank God for your service. Thank God for your hard work. But that will not earn you anything. It's your relationship, receiving relationship with Jesus Christ that changes everything. Let's not forget that in the Christmas season. And so today as we pray this sinner's prayer, whether you're far from God or whether you just need to make an adjustment or perhaps you're going good with God, let's make a recommitment today or a first-time decision today to have relationship with Jesus at this Christmas time, 2018. Let's be reminded about what Christmas is all about, that Jesus came close to us so that we could have relationship with Him. So come on, let's pray together. I'm going to pray a prayer and you can repeat this after me. We're going to repeat it together as a church family. Dear Lord Jesus, Today I give you my life. I receive the gift of relationship. I want to know you. I want to walk with you each day. I'm sorry for my sin. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. And I receive your grace. Thank you that from now... I am a child of God. Help me to live for you. Amen. Amen. Greatest story, greatest message is that Jesus would want to have a relationship with every one of us. Let's celebrate that. Let's party. Like it's the greatest message that we've ever heard because it is. And it changes everything for us.